Okay. All right. Hello. Uh, this is the first episode of a podcast we're going to name Domino Universe. Domino Universe. Yeah. I'm Curtis. I'm Jesse. And this is it. So you're probably wondering, firstly, like a few questions. Why Domino Universe and who are these guys? Curtis, I have yeah. a question. Yeah. Why Domino Universe? Oh, good. Jesse, great question. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, Domino Universe is a reference to the first YouTube video that I put a lot of time into. I now do YouTube videos, science videos for a living. Put, and Put a lot of time into? Oh, good, yeah. Good. So it's a... It's a for context, it's a metaphor about the history of the universe that uses dominoes, uh, specifically 13,799 dominoes that I made by hand because I'm a monster. Check and it out. It's fantastic. Thank you. Link in the comments. Yeah. And uh, so, so I have all these dominoes set up and I made this video where I ran alongside them as they were falling and narrated the history of everything. So, Domino Universe, big first video that I made, and now name of this podcast. Uh, Jesse? Yes? Who are you? Uh, that's a good question. Thank you for asking. I am Curtis's friend, and I do science communication in a different format. So, in my professional life, I do uh, science communication, science education for an informal facility. Uh, it's like a science center. Uh, I've been doing that for better part of a decade now. And I also have had, still have, kind of, a podcast, which you should check out. It's got a bunch of episodes that are are sort of evergreen. Uh, we are currently in a long-term hiatus, slash between seasons, slash maybe it's not a thing anymore. But I we'll see. I so hope it's still a thing. Me too. I'm sure that it will be in some form. We're waiting for season two. That it's podcast you can find me on is called Future Bang. And if you just search for that, all one word, future, bang, one word, exclamation point at the end. Really optimistic about the future and really cool like tidbits about science and what might happen. Yeah, so every every episode is me and one of my other friends. Uh, and we talk about sort of like a deep dive into one aspect of a future technology or an emerging technology or some kind of... Uh, philosophical point that is relevant to futurism or prediction or, or that kind of thing. Yeah, for like you say, from a really optimistic point of view, and like the future is going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I often feel like that. Not always, but whenever I listen to your podcast, it makes me feel a lot better. About, well, thank you. About that was life, so. that was the point. Yeah, I think uh, one of the reasons for the hiatus is like neither of us were feeling quite as optimistic oh, as we used to. But yeah, overall, I, I still have that that yeah. general like long term. Yeah, we're doing all right. Well, I'm hoping this podcast can be pretty optimistic. I feel like we're generally pretty, pretty positive people. Yeah. And uh, I think that there's a lot of basically the context for why I wanted to make this podcast with Jesse is, I mean, we've been friends for a long time and I feel like you were my first friend when I moved to Vancouver. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, when we talk, we have a lot of the similar views on science, but we also have a lot of different perspectives and we tend to be able to chat pretty easily. So I thought that's the guy I want to make this podcast with, but also I've been making these YouTube videos full time and usually a video of mine is about 10 minutes and I put like a month or two of work into it and there's all of this other stuff that you just can't fit into YouTube and sometimes I think that those are the most important bits, but they're not like clickbaity enough that mm. it really works. Like people want a short video and a lot of it would just be me talking and 
you don't really need to watch my face for that, you know? <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. So I think, I think, uh, we'll start with where the YouTube channel began, um, really began. I mean, I started it, I've been doing YouTube videos since like 2007, which is mind blowing to me. Um, that's near the beginning of YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. The beginning of YouTube is 2006. Wow. The very first video was then. And in 2007, I made a video for a film fest and it was me chasing myself around a warehouse, which uh, is kind of funny because the Domino Universe video was set in the same warehouse. So time does weird things. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I posted a video that was totally fiction and I'd been making these fictional videos for a long, long time. And in 2014, I started a, a small science channel just for fun. And then it started getting a lot of views. And I was a science teacher at the time and was like, wow, you know, more people are seeing my science videos than I can possibly teach in a day. Mm. Maybe I should try to do this for real. Um, so I decided for some reason to set up thousands of dominoes. Okay. I don't really know how that came to be. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about that. Where did that idea come from? Do you have a recollection of like what the seed of that was yeah i so i was thinking about uh carl sagan's cosmic calendar okay uh which if you're probably young enough you probably don't know about but there was this old tv show called cosmos and in it there's this cosmic calendar in which all of the history of the universe is compressed into 12 months and in that you know just the last few seconds is all of human history and he uses it as a metaphor for time and I was thinking about that and I was like, that's really cool. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you're kind of like looking at a, a calendar, which isn't thrilling. What other metaphors could you have for time? And then I was like, oh, you could do dominoes. You could have one domino per million years. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, that wouldn't be possible. That'd be 13,799 dominoes. <laughs> that's not possible, right? You can't do that. Sure. Completely infeasible. Yeah. Completely infeasible. And then it totally kept me up. I literally did not sleep. And I remember texting you in the middle of the night at like two mm. in the morning or something. Um, cause you work at science world mm -hmm. and, I, and you have, there's Kiva planks there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like, what if I use those for dominoes and did this video and you were kind enough to help me out on that one. That's right. I'd almost forgotten about that. We did a, a trial of, was it just 1000? 2000. 2000 yeah. initially. Okay. Which still took a whole day, but, um, yeah, the, and those Kiva planks were so difficult to set up. Yeah, they're a lot longer than dominoes are, so they're they're not quite as stable. Yeah, so uh, that was interesting. That was a challenge, yeah. but uh, yeah. So man, I get thinking back to that time. It was like, oh my gosh, I never want to look at another domino again. <laughs> um, but so that worked kind of. It was too short though. I wanted to do the entire history of everything, not just the history of the last few million years. So the only way I knew how to do that was if I actually made all of the dominoes because you can't really just buy that many dominoes. Sure. It turns out. Yeah. I mean, without spending thousands of dollars. And then I wanted to do it in a big open space because it needed to be, when I did the math, I was like, oh, I hope this isn't right. But it was 300 meters long. Wow. 300 meters worth of, of one continuous line of dominoes. And uh, so I spent like four and a half days, I think, cutting the dominoes from like two by fours or two by ones or something. Mm -hmm. And then... I spent four very long days in a very cold warehouse over the Christmas holidays setting them up by hand, uh, which was just not very fun. Um, but <laughs> and the whole time, you know, it's like, oh gosh, what, what? There's so many things that can go wrong, right? Sure. Like, firstly, they can just fall in the middle of the night, and I'll have nothing. Or secondly, 
I mean, maybe I get halfway through the video and they stop falling mm -hmm. or maybe I forget the script or maybe, you know, there was things that I wanted to do in the video, like have uh, a volcano go off for when there's like a, you right. know, there's volcanoes on, there were volcanoes on the moon. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to show that and like, what if that doesn't work and so on. Um, so it was pretty horrifying to like, just be able to meditate on those over over the four days of setting them up it must have been tough to sleep knowing that they were just out there yeah this is the thing about a lot of my videos is that i end up having to do these huge things and sometimes you know i spent i spent like two months setting that like doing the research and making the project happen and then i knew it was going to be a nine minute take yeah right and i can never sleep the night before sure which is the worst thing yeah <laughs> Like I'm trying to do maybe at the time what was maybe the most difficult thing I'd ever done. Yeah. And I'm doing it on like a completely sleepless mind. Huh. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of, uh, you know, marathons run on no sleep. Yeah. Well, really, really important things in people's lives that they want to be well rested for that. They're just not. Yeah. I bet that's well, pretty common. I mean, that, that also literally happened to me in a follow up video, which we'll okay. do another episode on at yeah. some point. I ran a marathon to do the timeline of human history. Right. And I slept three hours the night before I wanted to film it. And that's not enough no. to film and narrate a, a marathon on. So anyway, we'll talk about that another day sure. in another episode. Kind of thinking, for context about this podcast, that every episode will be either a specific video that we'll be talking about from my YouTube channel, which is my name, Curtis Bowdy. If somehow you've gotten here without knowing about that. Um, and then we'll also talk a bit about like the personal stories behind it and uh, sometimes just a bit about random science things that, that are tickling our brains. Sounds good. Yeah. I think it should be fun. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say hopefully that this podcast is going to be completely unedited that's the goal so we have a timer going and we're just gonna when it gets to 35 minutes we're gonna stop that's the plan okay how do you feel about that jesse a little bit nervous but we'll see how it goes yeah i mean in youtube videos i'm from the land of youtube videos where you edit everything like yeah. every four seconds right yeah uh i don't like that Okay. I don't know. Do you want to let the silences just breathe? Yeah, let's take a moment of silence. How long do you think we can we can have a silence without isolating all of our viewers? Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'll go all day, but uh, without isolating yeah. the listeners, I don't know. That's probably long enough. I think that's, I think that's yeah, probably, that's probably the we maximum. want to do. Man, attention spans these days, right? <laughs> Tell me about uh, it. I mean, mine, mine especially, but anyway... Um, what were we talking about? Right. Who knows? Yeah. Something about time. Okay. It's all long gone in the history of the sands of time are all lost. All yeah. right. Um, okay. So yeah, making this video though, uh, I wanted to say it was kind of weird for me doing this project because I was in this warehouse that I'd made my very first YouTube video in. Mm -hmm. And this was like a big leap into the open for me because I had like quit my job as a science teacher and I was just going to try to make YouTube videos. And I had 256 subscribers at the time. This is very like monomyth, like return to the, where it all started. You like the call to adventure and absolutely. Yeah. Except it like a little bit more zany and like, sure. Odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I, it was, it was awesome. Like it turned out really well. Though there are things in it that I think a lot of people ask about or comment on without realizing are different. Hmm. And one of the things, I guess I haven't even told you this, um, 
It's a thing I've been keeping secret. Like I said, there's a lot of things that happen in my videos that don't end up in the final product. Mm -hmm. One of them is the sound of the dominoes. Okay. What do you think about the sound? What do you, what are your, do you remember how dominoes sound and how, or in that video? Nine straight minutes of dominoes falling could be really interesting. It might be like kind of like a meditative background. Like, yeah. It would sound almost like a sped up clock ticking. Right. Get a lot of comments on it, actually. Okay. A lot of them being like, that was the most satisfying sound, like hearing the universe tick by. Mm. Or like, one comment I just read this morning was something about how um, it was this, the sound the, the sound of the history of the universe is the sound of a skeleton dancing, ooh. which is like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. The, the commenter was more eloquent than I just rephrased <laughs> it. But what's funny and uh, is one of the reasons I wanted to do this whole podcast altogether is that the sound of those dominoes is completely fake. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Which is, which is a thing. I mean, we so uh, sure. Yeah, I had Foley. a. I had a. Yeah, exactly. I had a mic on so that we re could record my voice. But I made those dominoes, and they weren't since they weren't like professional real dominoes. They were very silent and very slow. Okay. Um, Can I ask? Do you know what were they made of? Uh, I think they were made of pine. Okay. But the thing is... Well, a I, soft wood. Yeah, it's a soft wood, and I cut them with a bandsaw. So okay. they were a little rough along the right. edges, so okay. they had, like, padding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I knew, as soon as I did the first test run, that they were going to be quiet. And, like, the thing people like about dominoes is mm -hmm. hearing them, mm -hmm. right? It's a satisfying sound. Sure. Uh, so I knew I had to fix that. So I recorded the video and did the whole thing still in one take, um, second take. But that's that's really impressive that it actually was one take. There was no cheat in the video itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really, there's, really cool. And there's one thing, there's another thing that went wrong that I edited out. Okay. But I'll talk about that in a second. Sure. Um, but yeah, the entire dominoes all fell in one continuous take and I didn't stop narrating the entire time, hmm. which I'm stoked about. Yeah. Uh, but one sec, hold on for that. <laughs> uh, getting ahead of ourselves. I feel like we should be making more time puns. Okay, I'll do my best. Well, yeah, yeah, come on. Okay. <laughs> Stay right. on your time bun game. Okay, okay. sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. We should get like um, gold stars and punishment stars. I don't know. Anyway. Love it. Yeah. Um, no, the so the, the sound, I ended up having to fake the sound. So I was like, I spent days dropping dominoes onto my desk and like recording the sound and then like going in and editing each individual domino sound. Whoa. Which took forever. But that's the kind of thing that we have to do in video. Yeah. And it's not, it's kind of like a lie, but it doesn't, in this case, influence the message that I'm telling, which is the history of, of the universe. Sure. Um, if you look at nature documentaries, you'll see like lions pouncing on other lions and, you know. Yeah. From shot from, think about this, they're shot from hundreds of meters away. Of course, yeah. How's the audio recorded? Yeah, yeah, no, they haven't set up microphones. Yeah, it's all remotely. After. It's yeah. all it's all recorded okay. in like in a studio somewhere. It's all fake, right? Yeah. Um that's Yeah. How right? dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but all all of them are like that. Sure, yeah. And I think that it is a bit of a it's a bit unfortunate for the viewers because it is a bit of a lie, right? Um, and I think that people don't recognize how much editing and how much work goes into making it seem seamless, yeah. if it's, whether it's YouTube or the nature channel or whatever. Uh, and, and I think that like that adds, I think that knowing those things adds value. It's like, man, I spent days actually just making the sound of it. I yeah. feel like that's not a bad thing. Mm. 
but uh, I don't know. I think that people need to realize more how 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 heavily edited their media is. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, anyway, so another thing that happened is the sparkler that I was I was using. I used a sparkler at one point to show how many stars were turning into supernovas. Okay. Um, because I did the math and like at the rate that the universe was passing by in my video. Mm-hmm. A single spark from a sparkler was mm-hmm. about the same as the amount of supernovas happening. Cool. Which is wild. Like you yeah. can't even I, I had to like find slow motion footage of a sparkler and count them and yeah. like do the math because like it's so fast you can't see it. Sure. Right? Wow. Um but right before that I blew up a balloon of water and uh it soaked the sparkler. Oh no. Which is like and then I, and like I was trying to light it and trying to narrate everything. Um, but I like edited in a separate video of the sparkler being lit up. Okay. And like, these are things that people don't notice. Sure. And it's still, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's still real. Like the, the history of everything is real, but yeah. like there's so much work that goes into just like, and, and like engineering sometimes it just goes into making the actual video work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes those are the like most challenging bits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. I'm sort of looking forward to hearing the behind the scenes stories from the other videos and see like what was genuine and what was not, I shouldn't say genuine. Cause like you say, well, all, all video is, is produced this way. Um, but, but is it less genuine? I think that's a gen, like that's a genuine, that's a real question people should be asking, right? You know, one of my, one of my favorite filmmakers, documentary filmmakers is Errol Morris. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. I recommend checking it out. He's got a a bunch of really great documentaries and something that he is particularly interested in is that question is uh, like people think, you know, the camera doesn't lie. And if it's in a documentary, it is truth with a capital T Hmm. Uh, or they say, you know, film is truth 24 times a second. So he really (laughs) likes to explore and investigate that question, both through his filmmaking and he's written a lot of essays uh, related to that as well. And Yeah. uh, yeah, he's got a few projects that are related to like time as a concept as well. Cool. I love that. Yeah. I think you'd appreciate I mean, I, I just even love the idea that like we should be skeptical of the formats we're yeah. you know we're bringing into our lives. Yeah. I, I originally years ago wanted all my videos to be I wanted people to be skeptical about my videos. Okay, which is a hard thing to do, right? If yeah. you're trying to, I mean, I, I try to be as factual and as you know as accurate as I possibly can, and I do a lot of research to make sure that I'm not making things up. Mm-hmm. But I also want as a as a as a, as a core goal, I want people to actually challenge the things that they think, right? Yeah, sure. But that's hard to be like, this is a, this is really factual, but don't trust me. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't really sell well. Yeah. And that's kind of a shame. Yeah. Well, you could do one of those, like, don't take my word for it. I'm telling you the truth, but go ahead and fact check me. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about slipping in inaccuracies or, or like, uh, little Easter eggs to, for people to investigate and discover? Sometimes. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I mean, I think I try to make a lot of the projects that I do accessible to people so that they can even just do them themselves. Right. But also it's tricky because I think a lot of people firstly don't have the time or the care to actually go and do their own research beyond listening to a short YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And they also often don't have the, the knowledge base and how to do that. I mean, I think we're reaching an age where there's more media than ever, and a lot of it, more than ever, is wrong. Sure. Because it's like, you and me can just make this little podcast, just like this. We can say whatever we want. We could. I mean, hopefully we, we don't. 
but uh, <laughs> but we can. And I think that people don't stop and they, they don't have the tool base to right. figure out what's what's real and what's yeah. not. Yeah, uh, I find that really scary. Yeah. Those are the sorts of fears that, I mean, and climate change, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. And they feed into one another. Like those are, those are definitely related fears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get a lot of people, for example, on my domino timeline commenting about how, well, I get a lot of comments, but they're always the same that are, this is like, I appreciate the amount of effort you put in good work. I'm giving it a like, even though obviously there's too many dominoes. The universe is only however many thousands of year old that God made it. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like those are genuine comments or yeah. is that people making a joke? No. I mean, usually their channels are like, God bless America or something. And I feel like they're, they're legit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if I say, and maybe this is, you know, maybe this is not, uh, I mean, this is a poor perspective for me to have, but I feel like if I say do your own research, sometimes people will just go to one particular book. Sure. And that's a shame. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I don't really yeah. know what the solution to that is. That's, that's a really hard one because in the context of a particular video, like if you're talking about the age of the universe, it's hard to say do your own research, but listen, don't use sources that lead you to different conclusions from mine because you'd look just as biased as if you said – don't do your research, just listen to me. Yeah. So it's almost like you need a completely separate uh, type of education, right? Like context independent where research skills are taught. But that's hard to make a like a YouTube video about. Yeah, You kind of have to have that as part of like a formal school curriculum. But if that's being missed and people are going out in the world where they're self-educating on interesting topics, it's rare that people are going to seek out like how – how do you actually filter information? Yeah. Yeah. It's not really a sexy topic, I think. No. Like people are like, oh, it's like library science. I don't care. I don't even, you know. Yeah. How do you sell that? And yeah, yeah it is definitely something that needs to get taught at, at a young age. Yeah. Um, but I don't think for most people, I think, I mean, the internet wasn't even a thing 20, 20 years ago. Sure. Like it was, I mean, my first YouTube video was the very start of YouTube and I was in high school. Yeah. Um, being a YouTuber didn't. That wasn't a career that existed back then, yep. right? Yep. And now, like that young generation, the young the generations that are in high school right now, that's where they get most of their media. It's yeah. from it's from Instagram and it's from Facebook and it's from YouTube. Yeah. And I don't know that they're being taught how to distinguish right, like truth from from inaccuracies. Yeah. If so, it is addressed, it's probably not where it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I hope that in this podcast, we can kind of clear up a bit about the, like, you know, the, the things that are going on behind the scenes, not just as a, like, I think my videos are the most important ever. And I want to tell you more and more about them, but also just because, I mean, though I do think that they're, they're okay, but, uh, he's too but, modest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, no, but I do want people to actually stop and think about like, how are these things made and, just like grasp the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes and the amount that gets left out. Yeah. Because uh, I think that that's an important part of the untold story. Well, there's a great first piece of homework for, for people is listen to the videos, both Curtis's videos and, and anything else you watch, and, and realize that a lot of the time the sound is created completely separately from the video. And uh, there's a lot of sort of invisible work yeah. behind the, the sound effects and the background you know, whatever, even if it's a score, like a background music, 
yeah, what's going on there? Where did that come from? Why was that chosen? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of interesting questions. Yeah. And don't just assume that if you didn't see it in the video, it didn't happen. Hmm. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, like a lot of people are like, I can't believe you did that on the first take. And like right. that was actually the second take, okay. <laughs> which is also why I'm so out of breath in the first, in the, in the video, because <laughs> I literally just, you know, I set up all these dominoes. I started it. They felt like for 30 seconds or less. Um, and I was, my heart was pounding already at that. And then they yeah. just stopped falling, wow. uh, which was horrifying because yeah. it was like, oh man, there's no way. Firstly, I have to set all these up again and try again because it's yeah. close enough to the start that I can. But if it fell 30 seconds in, there's no way that they're all going to fall. Yeah. Right. So I was horrified when I was doing the real, like the, the take that you see in the video, I was so scared that it was just going to stop at any moment. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't hear them. So I had to keep looking back and it, like, it was horrifying. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. It's really scary. Uh, um, I mean, scary as far as dominoes go, but yeah, people always assume that that was the first and only take. And like, that's usually almost always not the case. You have to, do so many takes and you get so so much that's left out. But anyway, it's impressive that there were just two though. Like it's it's lucky well, that on the second take they they really did super all lucky. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I lost so much sleep nights before being like, oh, what if it stops on the like the tenth from the last? Yeah, That'd be the worst. Oof. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, you had a time. You mentioned I was asking if you knew anything about like timeline metaphors or time metaphors, and you said one that I'm super curious about yeah well you'd mentioned that the the idea for the domino universe came from the cosmic clock uh from from uh carl sagan's cosmos series and uh yeah we were thinking about other time metaphors and i mentioned one of the first things that came to mind was the doomsday clock which is not exactly a metaphor for time but it's using a clock as a metaphor and i brought that up in the context that i think it's actually a really bad use of the metaphor so what the Doomsday yeah, Clock is, is, there's a bunch of scientists, this is like, uh, uh, I don't know exactly when it started, but sometime in the Cold War during nuclear war uh, fears, uh, a bunch of scientists got together and developed this metaphor where they use a clock that's ticking down to midnight, and midnight is like nuclear war, the end of, of human civilization. And they meet every so often. I don't think there's a regular schedule. And they set the clock either f closer to midnight or further from midnight. Okay, depending, wow. <laughs> depending on the political situation of the nuclear powers and that kind of thing. There's a few problems with that metaphor. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, being that sometimes the clock ticks backwards. Interesting. And sometimes the clock ticks forwards and then stops for a very long time. Whereas, like, the one thing about time and a clock as a metaphor is that it does not stop. It keeps going at a consistent rate. If it's counting down to something, then that's an inevitability and a very highly predictable one. Yeah. And, and yet this clock is, it's sort of like everything that's true about time is not true about the, the doomsday metaphor. So while I appreciate that there are a group of scientists who are really taking these kinds of global threats seriously and, uh, and, and using an easy to understand metaphor for the public to grasp, you know, it's, I, I think that was deliberate that it's, uh, it's something you can write a headline around. It's a compelling narrative. But I think they, they would, you'd be hard pressed to find a worse metaphor. Also, midnight. I mean, clocks can keep going past midnight. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there, there's also, they pick like an end time. It's not ticking down to zero. It's ticking down to 
12 o'clock a.m. Yeah. So they'll they'll say like there'll be press releases that says, oh, the doomsday clock is now at 1158. I don't think it's that close currently, but, yeah. you know, whatever the time is. And then, yeah, what does that mean? It just means oh, a new day. You know, maybe we do need to like I'm going to think about that metaphor and yeah. specifically try to think of a better one, because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between, you know, the fear of uh, nuclear annihilation and the fear of climate change absolutely um and both are on this timeline that is really hard for people to to appreciate right because it's not like i mean so recently the cathedral of notre dame Mm -hmm. burned down and everybody immediately freaked out about it and you know we're tweeting about it and i think like 0.9 billion dollars was donated to to rebuild it wow um immediately yeah and for me it's like, okay, that's great that that gets all this press and all of this funding, but longer term, slower issues that are always ticking away in the background, like yep. climate change, don't get that appreciation. And I think that maybe all we need is a good metaphor. I say that partly in jest, but not terribly. No, I, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. There, You need a, a some kind of mental hook, like a way to think about it, because we're not, we're not, uh, our brains don't work on, on those kinds of timescales. Yeah. Um, if things, if something is longer than even a few years out, like even if it's within our lifetime, it's it's really hard to to sort of wrap our heads around it and take it seriously, yeah. uh, especially if there is an urgent window of action that will affect something far in the future. Like if it if it is an issue where well we we could wait and solve it thirty years from now and avoid uh, catastrophe thirty one years from now. It's less of a of a crisis that we're not taking it seriously. But if it's like action now will not be felt for thirty years or or whatever longer, but it's absolutely necessary to act now in order to stop a catastrophe far in the future. It's just yeah. How do you get people to to consider that as a as an imminent yeah. thing? I guess like I'm going to start thinking of metaphors now. Yeah, I didn't really think that this podcast would lead me to brainstorming sessions, but now I'm like, <laughs> what can we use? If you have if you're a listener and you have an idea about how to use climate change timelines as a metaphor for something or other way around, you know what I mean? Please leave the comment in the comment section. Are there comment sections in podcasts? This is my first podcast. It depends. We'll make one. We'll make There'll one. There'll be a way. There'll, There'll be, be a, a comment way. section. Find it. Yeah. Go there. You Give can also, advice. you can also find Curtis's Patreon and there are absolutely ways to get in touch and leave comments through the Patreon. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Also, it's all my stuff on Currently, all of my places, whether it's Twitter or Patreon, none of it's blocked. I know a lot of patrons or Patreon pages have, you know, a lot of hidden sections that only patrons can see. Mm. It's free to check out. And, uh, yeah, just go and take a look if you really want to support this channel, my YouTube channel and the podcast, I guess, I think. Then, then yeah, check it out. And, yeah. I'm really, I always feel weird about pushing for my own stuff. That's that's why I'm, I'm here to... Sort of prod you into self-promotion. Well, well thank you, Jesse. <laughs> um, yeah. So another thing I wanted to talk about, and I want to do this. This is your idea. Okay. Um, we're two white guys. Yes, we are. You can't see that, but it's the truth. Yep. That kind of sucks in a way that like, <laughs> I mean, like it sucks in the sense that there are so many podcasts and so many YouTube channels that are just people like you and me. Uh, and I think it's a shame that, it's easier for us to have a voice on those on, in these platforms. People yep. are more some for some well, for many reasons 
are probably more likely to currently listen to and follow white guys. Yep. And uh, it's sort of a flooded market. So, yeah. so we thought we would use our privilege in, uh, in that sense to maybe help promote some, uh, a more diverse uh, palette of science communication. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot out there. I was actually looking through my Twitter and I vastly follow more women and more other people and diverse, a larger diversity of people than just white guys. And I, and I don't think that's usually the case. Well, I think it's true for me as well. And, and it's partly, uh, you know, a deliberate thing. And partly I think, you know, um, quote unquote new media, things like Twitter, uh, in a lot of ways are maybe more accessible than, than something like, you know, if I'm watching documentaries or, or produce television shows, it really is overwhelmingly you know, white guys, not exclusively, but, yeah. uh, but I, I think that there are, uh, slower moving forces and, and pressures there that, uh, that don't necessarily exist for newer media, which I think is a, is a great thing. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse's idea was every podcast we could try to promote someone. And I think that's really, really awesome. So I was thinking since we're doing a thing about timelines and space and history, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels fits that category really well which is Vintage Space by a woman named Amy. And it's all about her channel and the her PhD and all of the work that she does, her, the books that she writes, uh, are all about the history of space travel. So, for example, she has a lot of videos about the Apollo-era missions to the moon. Cool. And, man, there's just so much fascinating information there. And her channel is, like, she's, ex- like, she's a really good communicator, and she's really... Uh, she makes the topics extra fun as if space travel isn't fun enough to begin with. So go check out her channel. I'll put a link somewhere in the description or however this works on podcasts. You will find a link to it. Uh, one of the very first YouTube videos that I started, like YouTube channels that I started following. And yeah, I've always been really inspired by her. So yeah. Cool. I am not following her currently, but uh, I've, I've learned about Something new. I'm going to check it out. What's it called again? The channel? It's called Vintage Space. Perfect. Which is like a good name too. Yeah, it is. Uh, She's got it going on. So yeah, so that's that. I think we're, I I set a timer for these. I don't know if that's going to be a thing going forward, but we're going to try to keep it to a certain amount of time. Uh, I set it for 35 minutes for now. Okay. How do you feel about that? I think that's pretty good. You want to say just in, in wrap up, I don't know if we actually said this podcast is named... Domino Universe. Domino Universe, which yeah. you probably knew it's in the title or something like that. But yeah, yeah let's just It'll say that. It'll be on the thumbnail that we have yet to create. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. And uh, yeah, maybe in the music that you heard, but I don't know. I don't know about that. We'll have to find music before this podcast comes yeah. out. Actually doing this recording is the first step that we're taking. Yeah. So a lot of it's up in the air. Just get it done, right? That's the goal. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that was fun. This was easy. That was cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Yeah. See you next time. Bye-bye.